Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. So kind of an uneventful day. All the hype, Fed Day, big announcement from Jerome Powell, and we knew what he was going to say, so I don't know what we were so excited about. Uh, Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, Welcome, everyone. (laughs) I sound so down as we start the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm not down. I'm actually... um, I'm good. I'm good. It was a busy day. We got a lot to get to. Uh, I, of course, am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. So it was Fed Day. We got the uh, decision from the Federal Open Market Committee. 75 bips. It is. We knew that was going to happen. And everyone's trying to grasp some kind of change in policy. And if you really look, maybe you can see it. But the reality is we have a tight labor market. We have 40-year high inflation. What is Powell supposed to do? He's not going to be like, yeah, never mind. We're actually uh, going to be lowering the federal funds rate. So we're going to start there. Uh, we're going to talk about the ADP report, which was another report, another jobs report that we get this week, Horse Jobs Week, and it was not favorable. Uh, it's one of those weird reports again where it's like, it's great news that the economy is creating all these jobs. But the whole purpose of raising interest rates is to sort of loosen the labor market. We're trying to raise the unemployment rates, uh, bizarrely enough, and it's not happening. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And uh, well, we did get one one report that was without question bad. That was mortgage demand for the week falling for the sixth straight week. It's it's not good. We'll, we'll we will get to that last. We will start though, of course with the big report, the big announcement by Jerome Powell, of course, representing the Federal Open Market Committee, 75 basis point hike to the federal funds rate. This is what they said in their release. Quote, the committee seeks to achieve, sorry, I had to get into a character there. I am now Jerome Powell. The committee seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at the rate of 2% over the long run. In support of these goals, the committee decided to raise the target range for the federal funds rate to three and three quarter to 4%. 75 basis point hike. Uh, The Fed, of course, uh, mentioned inflation and addressed what is causing that inflation in the most bipartisan way that they can, saying the Fed, once again, pointing to the war in Ukraine as a disruptor of global commerce, which is putting upward pressure on inflation, saying in the release, quote, the war and related events are creating additional upward pressure on inflation and are weighing on global economic activity. The committee is highly attentive to inflation risks, which I think is also kind of important because, I mean, if you do think that all the inflation, which is not, that's not what's causing all of it. It's causing a little bit. Uh, but if all the inflation is coming from the war in Ukraine, there really isn't anything that we can do. Um, I mean, obviously, if you raise rates enough, you're really going to suppress demand for goods. 
And then you won't really have that imbalance because you've suppressed demand to the point where it now matches the lower supply of goods that we have because of the problems with the global supply chain. But you're hearing a lot of reports about you know global supply chain problems being fixed. I mean, you're still going to have probably elevated prices in oil, no doubt about that. But for the most part, it seems like the worst is behind us. And hopefully that's going to stay that way. Hopefully nothing's going to, the war's not going to escalate to a point where it is going to return back to that level that we saw at the beginning of the war with extremely elevated energy prices and real disruptions to the global supply chain coming after the global supply chain problems that we had with the pandemic. So looking forward, this is always the, probably the most important part of the releases because People really want to know what we have, because we always kind of know what's going to be happening at that meeting. Only really one time in the last couple of years was there a surprising announcement. It wasn't really that surprising. It was the 75-bit hike. I guess it was four, um, four meetings ago, right? In which Jerome Powell telegraphed that to Nick Termos over at the Wall Street Journal. So we did kind of have an idea of that. So we always know what's going to happen. But the big question is what they think is going to be happening And looking ahead, the Fed says with regards to future increases, the committee said they will take into account the quotes, and this got a lot of attention, the the (laughs) communalism, I'm not going to be able to say this word now, the (laughs) communalism, I'm looking at it and it is now impossible for me to say the cumulative, there we (laughs) go. I swear I've not been drinking. I have water in front of me. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bottle. Well, there is no alcohol. The cumulative tightening. <laughs> I don't like that word. Of monetary policy. The lags which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation and economic and financial developments. There we go. Should I try and say it again? The cumulative tightening. <laughs> For people who have ever had to read out loud or in any situation it is the weirdest thing when you just you like forget how to say a word and it happens every once in a while now i don't i don't speak for a living as much as i used to and so it's not as big of a problem but it still happens but i remember used to have me on radio like i would see the word and i would just realize i don't know how to say that and a lot of times you can come up with a synonym on the fly, but in this point, I was trying to quote what the Fed had to say, so I couldn't do the synonym game. So the cumulative tightening, and it was funny because I was watching uh, Bloomberg when the announcement came out. I think it was Tom Keene who was like, "Well, what is that? What is that cumulative tightening? <laughs> like, what does that mean?" And it seems like the Fed is sort of opening up the metrics in which they can use to give them a, a, an idea of what is happening with the overall economy. Because later in the press release, they said the committee's assessment will take into account a wide range of information, including readings on public health, labor market conditions, inflation pressures, uh, and inflation expectations, and financial and international developments. So they're really kind of giving themselves wide-ranging opportunity that if they do decide to slow down and we have not seen inflation reach that 2% mark, we've not seen unemployment reach maybe the level they'd like it to get to, 
speculation, 5%, 6%. I don't know what they're trying to get inflation or excuse me, um, unemployment up to, but they're giving themselves kind of an out. Now, a lot of people were jumping on this idea that Jerome Powell had mentioned that, oh, you know, maybe we could be open to slowing. Now, not not stopping rate hikes, not cutting rates, uh, but maybe slowing the rate hikes, or I should say smaller hikes in the future. And everyone kind of jumped on the idea that, oh, maybe the next meeting there will be a 50 bip hike. And so everyone was just trying to grab onto something that would that would um, be a little more dovish than where the Fed has been. But here's the problem. So before this report came out or before the announcement was made, the ADP report came out. The ADP report, eh, you know, not looked at as obviously with the weight that we have with the monthly non-farm payroll that we get at the we'll be getting at the end of this week comes out the first of uh, the month, every Friday, that first Friday of every month. There we go. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. And, but ADP can give you an idea of what's going to be happening. And they supposedly retailered their uh, algorithm, their structure, whatever, whatever they use to figure out what the number is. And they had job creation. It was supposed to come in at around 192,000. I think the non-farm payroll are supposed to be seeing 200,000. So ADP was given a little bit of wiggle room and that their number was a little bit lower than what we're expecting at the end of the week. And they blew that number, I don't want to say out of the water, but they beat it by a pretty good margin. Uh, ADP reported that 239,000 jobs were created in October. That is, that's a pretty big, that's a, that's a, that's a bigger number. Well, (laughs) obviously it's a bigger number. But it's kind of a significantly bigger number. And I mean, let's face it. We've seen, what, four 75 basis point hikes now. The Fed is doing everything it can to slow the labor market. We got a job openings report earlier this week that saw job openings increase after all the hope that we saw the month before when they fell. And now they've increased. They're closer to 11 million than they are 10 million, 10.7 to be exact. And now we get ADP, which is showing us the job creation was almost 250,000 jobs. <laughs> it's like, I mean, once again, this should be a great report. Look, people are going back to work. This is amazing. But we're supposed to be seeing a loosening of the labor market. And there's, there's no evidence of that. Uh, so last month, it was 192,000. This month, to, or last month, I should say. Uh, October, it was 239,000. September, it was 192,000. We are in November. Keep thinking that we are in October. Economists had projected 192,000. <laughs> I mean, so this just was, was much higher. Um, and there was a big divide between goods and services in this report with the service sector adding 247,000 jobs, which means the goods sector or the good sector, (laughs) there's a good and bad sector. The goods sector lost 8,000 jobs. So all this job creation happened in the service sector and we are a service economy. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, And within the service sector, pretty much all those jobs came from leisure and hospitality. They reported a 210,000 Uh, job jump in October 
followed by trade and transportation utilities, which created about 84,000 jobs. And every other category was in the red with professional and business services reporting the biggest drop with about 14,000 job cuts in the month of October. And what's interesting about the goods sector, so the service sector, we had only two categories that were positive, but they were so positive that it made up for all the other categories. And there's like four or five other categories that were all negative. In the goods sector, it was like the exact opposite. Two categories were actually in the positive, but one was in the negative, but it led to overall a negative number. Uh, One industry was in the negative. That was manufacturing, which fell 20,000 in the month of October, while natural resources mining was up 11,000 and construction was up 1,000. And the manufacturing makes sense. If you look at the manufacturing data, it has been slowly falling as the economy weakens which has led to you know manufacturing job loss. It's what's supposed to happen. And um, speaking of all happening in one category, mid-sized companies took the gold medal for the month of October. 91.2% of the job gains were in mid-sized companies. 218,000 jobs created came from mid-sized companies. Small businesses only added about 25,000 and then big business lost 4,000. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, you're looking at, you know, big business losing 4,000 and then you see that in the service sector, 14,000 job cuts in professional business services. I mean, what you're seeing is tech and real estate. I mean, I can tell you in the mortgage business there, I saw a report yesterday that, you know, Wells Fargo, there's concern about layoffs there. Their pipeline is down 90%. They have nine, they, that means they have 10% the amount, the amount of loans that they did a year ago. They're down 90%. I mean, that's, that's some crazy numbers. Now, of course, Wells Fargo is a little different. A lot of mortgage companies are down. They're not down 90%. I will see, even though things have been crazy in real estate, they are not down 90%. But because Wells Fargo announced that they were kind of pulling back on mortgage originations, you know, they're no longer concerned with being the biggest, that along with what is happening in the mortgage industry with rates and real estate, that's how they're now at 10% of where they were a year ago. Um, so that's not that's not typical, but it gives you an idea of where, you know, these these job losses are coming from. Now I did see, I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, Zero Hedge was trying to make this like a horrible report. Like, oh, all these jobs were in leisure and hospitality and those aren't great jobs. I mean, here's the reality. Every other category, for the most part, not adjusting for inflation. All right, so I want to be clear. Not adjusting for, I mean, inflation, I mean, with regards to population growth. Not adjusting for population growth. Um, all the other sectors of the economy have gained all their jobs back from what happened during the pandemic, except for leisure and hospitality. They were, I think they're still down, I want to say over 500,000, maybe even closer to a million. And so that means that if you're going to see continued job growth in a situation where we have close to full employment, those job or that job growth is going to be happening in the sector's that are still lagging where they were pre-pandemic. So that's why the jobs are going to leisure and hospitality. And if you want to go ahead and take a look at what these jobs are paying, 
now because these jobs are so in demand. I mean, go to any restaurant and you'll just see, you know, understaffed trying to find good waiters and waitresses and what they're willing to pay for it. And so it's not necessarily a horrible thing that a lot of these jobs are being created in leisure and hospitality. So I I wouldn't say this is a disaster report. I mean, that's what the job growth is going to be. I mean, we're at pretty much full employment. So the one sector that's still, once again, lagging from pre-pandemic levels, that would make sense. That's where the majority of the job growth would be. And then let's not forget trade, transportation, utilities, 84,000. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing report considering <laughs> how tight the labor market is. Um, Neela Richardson, ADP chief economist, said that we are seeing small signs that the Fed action may be starting to impact some sectors of the economy. She said, quote, this is a really strong number given the maturity of the economic recovery, but the hiring was not broad-based. Goods producers, which are sensitive to interest rates, as I just mentioned, you know, the real estate industry is clearly being impacted much more than anyone else by these rising rates, those industries are pulling back and job changes or changers are commanding smaller pay gains. While we're seeing early signs of Fed driven demand destruction, it's affecting only certain sectors of the labor market. So right now we've got two jobs reports. We got job openings, ADP number, Today, we'll get initial claims. And then on Friday, we get the non-farm payroll. But so far, two for, uh, 0 for 2 <laughs> with reports showing any signs of loosening in the labor market. And before we go, wrap things up. Mortgage demand. We're going to have to end with some bad news. Sorry to break it to you. Uh, mortgage de- demand continued its downward trajectory with a, another drop. This is the sixth straight drop. I mean, it's just, it's every week you're expecting like some sort of like small reversal and maybe that's here. I mean, refis were up 0.2%. Does that count? (laughs) I'm I'm grasping for straws here. Uh, Purchase demand fell 1% for the week and is now down 41% year over year. For the longest time, it was like only 20%. Man, it's just, it is just... It has plummeted. Now it's down 41% year over year. Refi demand, as I mentioned, is up 0.2% at the silver lining that we can find, uh, but still down a whopping 85% from the same time one year ago. There was a piece in the journal a couple days ago about, I think it was Rocket Mortgage and how you know they were completely relied on refis. And now because refis have pretty much disappeared, they, they, they quoted, I think it was Black Knight, and that number's probably actually fallen since then because I think that report was from a couple months ago. Only 133,000 people in the entire country would benefit from a refi. And I, like I said, I think that was back when rates were at like 6%. So now that rates are are 7 and, and above, I would say it's probably under 100,000. <laughs> um, so more than likely that number is not going to increase anytime soon. 85, I'm surprised it's even only down 85%. Uh, refinance share of mortgage activity did increase slightly because of the slight increase to 28.6% of total applications and adjustable rate mortgages decreased to 11.8% of total applications. And even though 
you know, we, we, we saw rates actually fall for the week. Cause remember this, this report is looking at the week ending October the 28th. So basically last week we did actually see a drop in rates uh, and demand still fell. <laughs> uh, the 30 year fixed, according to the mortgage bankers association fell 10 basis points to 7.06%. That is now 382 basis points higher than one year ago. So it's, it's lower than 400 basis points. I'll take that as a win. The 15-year was down two bips to 6.37%, and the 5-1 arm was down seven basis points to 5.79%. Joel Kahn, economists over at the Mortgage Bankers Association, said demand fell despite falling rates and refis continue to be non-existent, and kind of for a good reason. Uh, Khan said, quote, uh, excuse me, need a sip of water. No, I'm good. Uh, with, <laughs> I thought I was going to have a cough there. Uh, Joel Khan said, with most homeowners locked into significantly lower rates, refinance applications continue to run more than 80% below last year's pace, while the refinance share of applications was 28.6%. That is the fifth straight week below 30%. So... Not a lot of refis out there. And of course, purchase demand has been depressed as rates have risen to 7%. And well, it's unlikely they're going to go anywhere any, anytime soon until inflation falls and the labor market loosens up. I guess one or the other, but really inflation's the bigger issue. If they can somehow find a way to lower inflation without loosening the labor market, that would be great. But more than likely, you're going to need to see the labor market loosen up before we see any real changes to inflation. And as we have mentioned many a times, no signs that the labor market is loosening up. All right, we got to go. Hope you guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll be back Friday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, Do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.